G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. Now, Derek, you're in an airport. We're recording this from an airport. I'm in an airport. What are you it's doing very, in an airport? Uh, yeah, it's very weird. It's like a ghost town in here. In some ways, it encapsulates what it feels like at the moment everywhere. It is just a very normal setup with absolutely no one in here where normally it is absolutely bustling and everyone is being a little bit weird. So, so if you guys hear Derek Hanna, Derek Hanna, calling Derek Hanna, you know, <laughs> during this, then uh, Derek might have to leave quite suddenly. Now, the one thing's brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. We're also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. So check out their network page on iTunes and you can see a whole bunch of other quality Christian podcasts. But for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, The Pressures of COVID on Pastors' Wives. Now, we've been, um, one of the things that Kathy, our Director of Wives, has been doing, we've got her on today, she has been talking to a whole number of um, planter wives across the network to get a feel for what the impact has been on them of the last few months um, for how they're travelling. Um, and we thought it would be really helpful to, to have Kathy on to pick her brains to hear some of the themes that she's seen emerging. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you very much. As you've been talking to wives, you when did you start talking to them? What were the... Or the initial conversations you you had months ago when when things got locked down. Yeah, yeah. So when things locked down, uh, one of the things I thought was uh, people are isolated. Um, how can we help create community for the Geneva planter wives? And so I had this idea of having a chat to um, individual wives to hear from them how COVID was um, affecting them, how the shutdown was affecting them recording it and then sending it to everyone because um, I think for a few things. One, one is we actually just enjoy hearing, hearing each other's stories. Uh, so you're isolated. So it's a way, too, of uh, establishing. So this is the second thing, I guess, uh, establishing a sense of community amongst all the wives. Um, so even while you're isolated, you can still have that sense of community. But also I think we learn from each other's stories. And so I realise each person is trying to grapple with something that we're sharing but do it in their individual situation, in their individual way, and be really interesting for each of us to hear how each other was dealing with the different things that were going on when, when the shutdown first happened. I mean, it's such a weird thing to have happen. Who would have ever thought our country, the world, would shut down? It was one of those kind of things that you thought, we need to record this. We need to record how it's affecting people. And as you started talking to them, what were some of the things that you initially, there? what were their first reactions, to the things mm-hmm. that were initially struggling with? Were they positive? Were they negative? Were mm-hmm. they, what emerged there? Um, to stimulate thinking, I actually sent round a bunch of questions for people to think through. Um, so I'm trying to remember them, but I think they were along the lines of what are some of the losses that you are experiencing? Uh, are there any benefits that you're experiencing? Um, as you go through this period, what are some um, things that you want to hold on to and make sure you don't let go of? What are some gospel truths? What are some gospel impacts you want to have happen in you? Uh, what are some possible dangers that you can see for this time? So I have all this, I think there are about seven questions for people to think about. And I asked people what questions resonated most with them. And we just try and talk on that. And I try to make them not too long, 10 minutes, although usually I blew way over that to 20 minutes. Losses were the thing that resonated with them, that there were a lot of losses, especially at the beginning. And they were losses a lot to do with relationships. 
there, there did seem to be that feeling that we're not going to see another person for six months now. I, I remember that initial feeling. That's it. You're not allowed to see anyone else but your family, your immediate family. Um, can't even have grandparents over. So it was, it was a weird feeling. And so people were realising that <clears throat> church getting together, how valuable that was now that we don't have it. Just relationships around the school gate, ad hoc, bumping into other mums, being able to talk over stuff just in that ad hoc, bump into you, just pick up a thing. Just those little things help relationships um, be maintained. You lose them. You lose those little ad hoc moments and it's actually hard to invest in relationships. You've got to be very deliberate, get on the phone, do a Zoom meeting. It was all quite, yeah, quite challenging. So that was a big one. Another big one was the loss of routine, I think. Uh, so kids at home, a lot of structures no longer able to, to be on. Uh, there's a sense of, um, I think you lose a sense of control over your life when you lose routine. And so there's just this feeling of being in a big mess. So losses were quite a big thing uh, at those beginning, when, when it was the first lockdown. So as you, you did these interviews over a series of months, so you, um, you heard different things emerging from them. What, yep. what was the movement you saw? Because that was the initial reaction. I'm never going to, not going to see people for six months. Yes. Yes. And there's so many unknowns about what it would actually look like. As things became slightly clearer, what movement did you see in their thinking? What implications did yeah. you see family life yeah. or their reflection on the gospel? Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I think about seven weeks in, it, it was starting to look like, wow, um, our country's actually doing pretty well. This may not go the terrible way that we were all being told at the beginning. And, yeah, there was then possible lifting of restrictions with, with things looking like they were going to get better and better. So as that sort of came into play, it was interesting, the conversations just changed a bit. So I still sort of meeting up with wives, maybe one, one a week uh, or two, and recording them and starting to hear a little bit more um, the benefits, um, oh, actually, this was at the beginning as well. The, the benefits that started to come into play at the beginning were big, being, I think they were making themselves more felt. That's how I'd like to put it. And so whilst there was a loss of routine and a loss of structure, at the same time creeps in uh, less busyness, more time, um, more discretionary time at home. And people, I think, started to reflect on how valuable that was and how, how much that had not been a part of life in the way that they were experiencing now and in the way that they felt this is actually a good thing and should be more part of our life than it has been before. Having more time with my kids and more le less rush time with my kids, wow, that's beneficial. I'm not yelling at them in the same way not having to all get into the car at a certain time. We're not having to drive to a million events every afternoon. This is actually good for us. So I think that benefit was starting to be felt. Um, and then not having to go to as many events. Um, and so they could be good events, like good fun things, uh, good gospel things, but just having less of them started to feel... I think the, the, the feeling was, this is actually better. I wonder if there was something wrong with what we were doing before. I wonder if we were too busy before. I think these kinds of things are starting to pop up. And I think these kind of questions are 
where people, so that, I think that sort of started in week seven and I think that's kind of where people are gravitating to now is as things look like they're lifting even more, the question of how busy do I want to be uh, when everything is finally back to where it was, do I want to put my life back to where it was before or do I want it to look different? So, Kathy, I'm, I'm interested as you're, you're having coaching conversations with women around this like, do, do we have a lot of control, you know, over that, over that question? You know, in the sense the soccer club starts up again, gymnastics, netball, um, you know, ministries start, start mm. to come back at church. Mm. Um, you spoke about how there was a loss of routine. We've now got into a new routine. There's been more change to routine. Mm. Do we now have the sort of opportunity to be intentional about what we're saying yes to? Or, you know, does just life just press in on us and we go, well, actually, my kid's going to miss out if he... Uh, you know, is not a part of the soccer team or, uh, yeah. you know, we're going to lose something? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think you can feel like life is a runaway train and you can't get off it. But I think what happened with COVID is it gave you that opportunity to get off that train. I think people are thinking, I actually don't want it to be a runaway train that I can't get off. Is it possible that I just yeah, and so the question is, how much control do I have over this decision? But I think people are in a place where they feel like they could actually say no to some things now. And if and what things will they say no to is, is then the next question. Uh, so I think there is a little bit of, uh, it doesn't have to be that runaway train I was on before. But anxiety at the same time, how do I make sure it doesn't become that? And what is it I'm going to say no to? And you can see in that there's a possible danger because I think you can actually say busyness is wrong and feel busyness was wrong. But it's actually more complicated than that. It's not so much that busyness is wrong. It's what things were we busy with? Were they things, there are good things to be busy with that actually in, this, in the end energise you and you realise they're good things and so you, you well, you, you feel energised doing them. So it doesn't have quite the same drain on you, but there's other things we are busy with that maybe are unnecessary things and those things do drain you and then there's just lots of things you do for your kids. <laughs> I, get, I, get the sense, I get the sense as well amongst our Christian communities that, that, we, that we are busier because yeah. we're, we're involved in... You know, we are involved in the local sporting clubs and other things, and we've also got, you know, church a church life. <laughs> and, and the danger is we can be we can end up saying no to the things we shouldn't say no to. Mm. We can end up deciding I'm not going to get back onto that horse when, in fact, that is the one we should get onto. I suppose. Uh, I suppose the other challenge in that as well is as leaders, we are often the one generating busyness for other people. Yeah, that's one of the, the tricky parts. We can, you know, I can say no to the football club. Yes. Um, but then I'm actually asking people to enter into the busyness that I'm creating for them, which um, is a strange dynamic. Yeah, so we're having this, this question in our church, actually. It's, some people are actually saying they don't want to get back in the ministry. And one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with is gospel convictions. Um, it, you want to put them in, in people's hearts, that they want to serve the Lord, they want to give their lives. But, but what is the sacrifice that we are to ask of ourselves. What's the, what's the sacrifice that's right to ask? What's the one where we've gone over the top and we actually need to pull back a bit? I think that's a really hard question to answer. Um, but I think that is the million-dollar question that each planter wife is starting to ask herself, and I know people in our church are asking it. 
And, and as leaders, you're wanting to um, almost feel like we're having to go back again to just going, um, yeah, remember the gospel, the gospel, remember that we are going to be resurrected. There's a sense in which Paul says, you know what, I don't care what I do in this life because there's a resurrection. The resurrection changes what I think about my today. We just were doing this last week in 1 Corinthians 15. The resurrection means I can make some hard choices for today. And, and I think a lot of us were tired from living that way and we've had a rest and, and it's, it's hard to go, actually, should I go back to that? And I think we do have to teach ourselves those, those gospel truths again. Um, doesn't necessarily mean, though, we will go exactly back to exactly that. Ah, but, but I think it's going to be hard to work it's, out. So it's a, it's a wrestle. It's, it's, it's good. It's, just, it's, it's, a, it's interesting watching you sort of play that out and, and, and wrestle with it. Yeah. Because, because I could see, you know, your role in sort of, you know, driving ministry in church. You, you're wanting to, you know, you're wanting to press people and encourage them to get into it more, but you're also wrestling with, hey, this, this has been a season where, you know, we're, we have enjoyed not being so busy. That's the one thing you'd be saying to, to um, wives and, and women who are in ministry heading out. Okay, to the wives. So we do have lots of questions about how much to do and what to do. We want to just keep remembering we do only have one life and there's only certain amount of people that are going to do this work that we're doing. Non-Christians are not going to do it. <laughs> and so make it count, yeah. Yeah, we do have to think it out carefully. We do have to think in terms of our capacity and, and the situation we're in. But make sure we, each of us need to make sure we are making the most of what God has given us and um, use this time well for him. And there is a resurrection. So, yeah, we can risk some things, I think. Thanks, uh, thanks, Kathy. Uh, we, we're going to uh, push into the toolbox uh, now, uh, really quickly. So, Kathy's already mentioned, I reckon, a, a really wonderful resource. It's always good listening to stories. So, jump on the Geneva Push website, and we'll put a link in the show notes uh, to a number of videos, conversations that Kathy's recorded over the last uh, few weeks. Really helpful. Uh, if you've got someone also who's, who's interested or thinking about church planning, and, and you know they're anxious about it, I reckon as well. Great to send those um, those videos off to them so they can hear the joy of, of being a church planning wife as well. Um, in the midst of all the, you know, the difficulty and the uncertainty, there's also a great joy in um, planting alongside your husband as well. The second is a book uh, called The Church Planting Wife by Christine Hoover. We'll put a link in the show notes uh, as well. A toolbox giveaway, special giveaway. Derek, are you going to push into that one? Okay, we've got a special deal for you on the one thing this week. One of our friends, Carl Grice, runs The Wandering Bookseller, which is based in Gatoon, but ships to all over Australia, uh, supporting churches with bookstores. He does our conferences for us. He's a great guy, Carl. Uh, COVID has hit a huge number of small businesses, and Carl's has been one of them. We want to support him. We want you to support him as well. So here's your first special offer on the one thing. Uh, there's a great book by Gary Miller out called Need to Know that Carl sells on his website, wanderingbookseller.com.au. The first 50 people who buy that book, I'll pay for postage. If you enter the coupon code, the one thing, or one word, lowercase, on the checkout page for that book, it'll lower the price for the Ozpost to zero. So if you live in Australia, you can get that book posted free to you uh, by Carl. Enter the code, the one thing, 
first 50, go for it. Now, if you like what you've heard today on The One Thing, uh, we'd appreciate it if you take a moment just to rate the show on iTunes. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining us, Kathy, uh, on another episode of The One Thing. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. <laughs>